0: The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and The Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 14th. In today's news, a federal judge rules that Paul Manafort violated his plea deal. A former Air Force intelligence specialist is charged with conspiring with Iran, and President Trump is expected to sign that border deal to keep the government open. But first, the big idea. Today is the anniversary of the mass shooting at a Parkland, Florida high school that killed 17 students and staff. Last night, the House Judiciary Committee passed a measure that would require background checks for all gun sales and most gun transfers within the United States. It is the most significant gun control legislation to advance this far in Congress in years. The committee spent more than nine hours debating the bill yesterday before voting 21 to 14 to put it on the House floor. The measure was among the first actions taken by the newly elected Democratic majority, which has pledged to make gun control a top priority. The bill also has the support of at least five Republicans, a rare feat given the issue often cleaves along party lines. The committee separately voted 23 to 15 to advance a bill that would close a loophole in the current background check law. That loophole allows a gun purchase if a check is not completed within three days. The House is slated to vote on several bills related to guns in the first hundred days of the legislative session. Representative Ted Deutsch, a Democrat from Florida who actually represents the Parkland district, held a moment of silence on the House floor Wednesday to honor the victims. He read a letter from Patricia Oliver, whose son, Joaquin, was killed during the shooting. Oliver asked how many people in the chamber offered thoughts and prayers right after the shooting, and then she asked if they would do something now. She wrote, quote, It is within your power to enact common sense gun laws. I implore you to think about the kids. Think about how you would feel if it was your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter, because it could be. Many in the gun control movement saw the Parkland shooting and a wave of student activism that followed as an inflection point in the gun debate. Numerous states have passed legislation in the last year strengthening gun laws, including Florida which has long been a laboratory for the NRA, in Vermont, which has historically had some of the nation's most lax gun regulations. In the past year, eight states have passed laws that enable law enforcement and family members to petition a court to take guns away from people who are a risk to themselves or others. These are known as red flag laws. But the Republican Senate is very unlikely to consider any of the bills that the House is poised to pass. So there will continue to be inaction at the federal level. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Valentine's Day. Number one, a federal judge ruled last night that Paul Manafort violated his plea agreement with special counsel Bob Mueller. It's a decision that could add years to his prison sentence. Manafort's lies, the judge found, included his interactions and communications with Konstantin Kalimnik. Kalimnik was a longtime employee of Manafort's consulting firm, whom the FBI says has close ties to Russian intelligence. U.S. District Judge Amy Berman Jackson of the district said Manafort also lied to the special counsel, the FBI, and the grand jury about a payment from a company to a law firm, which he previously characterized as a loan repayment. Judge Jackson also said he made false statements that were material to another Justice Department investigation whose focus has not been described in public filings related to Manafort's case. Manafort's actions mean Mueller's office is, quote, no longer bound to the plea agreement. This includes the prosecutor's promise to support a sentence reduction in exchange for Manafort accepting responsibility for his crimes. Jackson said she would factor all of his deception in at a sentencing hearing on March 13th, and she'll make public her reasoning about her findings as early as Friday. Number two, a former Air Force intelligence specialist was charged with conspiring to provide classified U.S. defense information to Iran. The way prosecutors tell it, 39-year-old Monica Witt, a counterintelligence specialist who was once involved in secret U.S. missions abroad, grew so disillusioned with the United States that she left and betrayed her country. A 27-page indictment detailing the allegations was unsealed Wednesday. Even before she formally defected back in 2013, prosecutors allege that she made statements critical of the U.S. government in videos that she knew would be broadcast by Iranian media outlets. She also ignored an FBI warning that Iranian intelligence might try to recruit her. Though she was given housing and other services by the Iranian government, her primary motive seemed to have been ideological, according to the FBI. Speaking of Iran, The Trump administration has ramped up a secret program meant to sabotage Iranian missiles and rockets. The New York Times, in a story on the classified operation, notes that in the past month alone, two Iranian attempts to launch satellites have failed within minutes. The program, which has been going on since George W. Bush was president, ramped up when Mike Pompeo, now the Secretary of State, took over at CIA back in 2017. Number three, Lawmakers expect to pass the border deal today to keep the government open beyond Friday, and pretty much everyone in Congress, even critics of the deal, hope that President Trump does not retract his support for it. The mood in the Capitol is less of enthusiasm than relief, as negotiators finalize the language for the legislation that would end, for now, political brinkmanship over Trump's demand for money for the wall. Votes are expected in the House and the Senate later today. Congress grappled yesterday with a series of last-minute disputes as they sought to finalize the deal, including an ultimately unsuccessful push by Democrats to include back pay for thousands of federal contractors who were caught up in the last shutdown and have not been able to recoup their lost wages. Federal employees are expected to receive a 1.9% pay raise as part of this deal. That would override a salary freeze that Trump imposed in late December but it would be below the 2.6% hike that the House approved two weeks ago. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 14th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.